1: We'll see where this goes. We'll keep you up to date we'll, on a game that you already know the result of, as Ahmed points
2: out every day. That week. is our <laughs> signature. We will
0: let you know news that you already know. That's what we do. We keep you up to date on stuff like that. Well, Challenge Flag, technically that's what we do. You should know the scores of
1: all the games by yeah. the time you listen to this podcast, right? We just give you a little... Live, stupid. Look into a game that is not live to you guys tomorrow. As we sit here at six, nothing. Giants and the Bills are third and three on the three yard line. Three yard line. Big moment of the football game right here. The G-Men are making things tough. All right. It's week six in the NFL. It was a defensive kind of week. It really. It was. really was. There's not a lot of like marquee offensive plays or standouts throughout the league. The quarterbacks who put up the best stats. Uh, most of them were a part of the losing team and a losing effort. Derek, Jared Goff's really the only one that – Jared Goff and Mahomes are really the only ones you look at that had impressive days, and their team won. Yeah. I don't even think Mahomes was all that impressive for Mahomes, that's for sure. Uh, but either way, yeah, weird day in the NFL that seems like it was de- defensively dominated, and it was just a lot of defensive struggles out there. It's
0: getting cooler. It is. It's a little wet out there. Yeah, Rainy, right. misty. And we have a touchdown. The Bills are going to take the lead with an extra
1: point. 7-6, we think. We'll see how that goes. You're
0: going to be way more distracted than normal. And normally we're right? pretty It's a close distracted. game. It's usually a blowout it's by your this guys. guy. <laughs> it's in a close game. This could be very difficult to get through this. But we make that promise to you each and every week to talk about every game. We will do that once again. Uh, here's our sections today we got Larry Zonka drinks oh here. baby on he likes to no drink more. he does like to drink <laughs> we don't know that for a fact but he, <laughs> on these days at, he does once a, yeah once yeah, a year once at least. a year right defense wins regular season games we'll talk about that give me the headlines last call and then a quick recap of Thursday night football with the Chiefs and a Monday night football preview uh, but before we go
1: yeah First off, what's up? How you doing? Thank good you to for doing you, that. Thank you, you right? for doing that. I'm
0: good. good? Yeah. I, did want to say, I did want to start with what I did last night. Right. I was in South Bend, Indiana, right. and I got to see the presumed number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. Caleb Williams looked very, very human. Yes, he did. Very human against a very good defense. Definitely
1: was not one of his best nights. A little loose no. with the football, Might for sure. would have been sure. his worst. Right? What did you think of him, though, without taking the football game itself? Did you get to watch him in warm-ups at all? Did you get to see him a little bit? Like I wish you were there out? to watch yeah. with me, but
0: yeah. in the game, there are some times that he moves in ways where you're like, wow, like a defensive tackle is ripping his shoulder pad, and he just bends back almost like he's in the matrix. And, gets his and balance. Springs back up. Right. His balance is yeah. unbelievable. Right. His change just, of direction, his movement is, yes. is very special. He's fast, too. Right. So he's a he's – a, Serious threat as a running quarterback, as as everyone listening to this probably knows. Uh, but there are things, and, I, and we were even talking before the game with Matt Castle right. and Joshua Perry and Mike Robinson. I was like, there are things that he does, obviously, in college that you just can't do in the NFL. And you do wonder if he is creating some habits, yeah, some sure. bad habits right. that will be difficult to break. And then against good defenses, yeah. those bad habits turn into interceptions. Yeah, we'll
1: see. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, he's just, he can get, like you said, Probably get away with it most times. But, like, last night, it will be a learning curve to go, wait, hold on. i got to change a little bit. And then, yeah, you know, for his sake, hopefully he doesn't have any more humbling moments as the season goes on here. But those are the things you learn, you know, right? We're watching a guy here in Josh Allen who, I don't know, there's things he does in Wyoming. I don't know if he can get away with it, right? So sometimes guys make those proper adjustments. Sometimes they don't. I do feel like with Caleb Williams at times, he forces the Mahomes stuff a little bit where I want to be like, Mahomes never forced this stuff. He just played the game, and he tried to do it the right way. And then it became, oh, wait, I'm kind of getting comfortable – and somebody's hanging on me. I still think I can throw the sidearm forty yards down the field, right? Yeah. So like, he grew into that. Uh-huh. I do feel like like a Caleb Williams at times, just trying to live up to being that guy already. Yes, I do. Think and that. sometimes that affects and makes some of these you know decisions a little iffy for sure. There are
0: plays, and I don't know if in the Notre Dame game as much, but definitely in the Arizona game where you watch and right at the snap he's got a seven to ten yard gain, like right? Crosser over the middle, yeah, right. And it's he doesn't easy. care. He right. doesn't care. Right. He doesn't take it. He's like, he's looking ah, for I want something more. Bigger. I want right. more. Yeah. And so he does that a lot. Yeah. So it's interesting. It was fun to watch though. Cool. What a great athlete. And so that'll be interesting to see how he responds yeah. from that humbling yeah. experience at South Bend. All right, let's get into it. We said Larry Zonka is drinking. Oh uh, at least he is posting about drinking here. Pop the champagne. Cheers, baby. We have there no they are. more undefeated team. Look at that. That can't be a current picture of tonight, right? They didn't just all assemble. Like they whipped out the bat signal. <laughs> I go, guys, the 49ers are
1: down. The, 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 this, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys are actually still alive, oh, too. That would call. be another thing. Sorry for the negative ghost or the negativity there. <laughs> I questioned all those things. But either way, he's letting you know like he does every year. Yes. You know, he usually puts out a picture of him opening up a champagne bottle or he's pouring champagne. And, and he should. It's a special thing for you know his career, his teammates, his friends to yep. go and undefeated in the NFL. It was it, 51 years ago now yeah, in 1972, so right? Miami 1972, Dolphin's last undefeated. Went team. to the Super Bowl three years in a row. They lost 71, perfect in 72, one in 73, right? And one of the greatest teams we've ever seen in the sport. Uh, and yeah, we know there's only been one team that's really threatened them, and that yeah. was the 2007 Patriots. Today, they get to celebrate a little early. They yeah. get a little Halloween earlier gift here. Now they could have just chill and watch ball
0: pete is telling me that pitcher was from 1980 so no that was not from tonight I actually didn't say that but it did kind of look like it might have been from 1980 Uh, so let's go through the two teams that uh, that lost that so i guess who wins that DraftKings bet that we had right like who i guess the 49ers lost first but that's because they played earlier is that a push because it's probably the game week, right? It's not yeah, the time of day. Yeah, I think it's the week. It's
1: not actually the time of the day, right? That, so they, that wouldn't be fair to the betters there. But both-
0: n- it certainly didn't. Ex-
1: it, not that. Yeah, I will say this flat out. When I heard Deshaun Watson wasn't playing, I, I was pretty much like, well, chalk it up. The 49ers are going to win the football game. I didn't think it was going to be easy. I did not that. Like, I wasn't like, oh, wow, they're not going to steamroll them. I mean, the Browns, as we know, the D is real. Right, Jim Schwartz is smart and creative. They can run the football, so they can stay on the on the field and chew up a little clock that way, yep. which we know is always big for the team that's the underdog in these type of matchups. But like, I the game was a little bit shocking. Yeah, I mean it really was. So let's start. Yeah,
0: yeah I'll start let's start right go. there with the, with the Browns defeating the Forty Nine ers, nineteen to seventeen. We'll get to the Eagles here in a second. Um, so. They could have won this game, right? Jake Moody, the rookie kicker, they drafted in the third round. No doubt, missed a 41-yarder. Yep. I'm a little upset at the conservative. I, I, I'm never a fan of settling for 40-plus-yard field goals, right. especially with a rookie kicker mm-hmm. on the road in a in a stadium that both kickers were having trouble yeah. making some field yeah. goals there. And so maybe you can get into that later, but uh, continue with your your point and your big
2: takeaway well, from well, this. Well, just one. off
1: that right away, like I, I think the, around the NFL, like 41 yards now is looked at as like a chip shot. Again, right. It. But I understand. This. Obviously, it's not. And we saw a number of 37 and 38-yard yeah. field goals and 41-yard field goals missed today. So, you know, maybe that'll make Shanahan rethink a little bit as far as that's concerned there. Uh, but, you know, I had no problem with that. I think, you know, the the big thing is early on in the football game I think the Niners had a chance to really put the Browns maybe in some tough spots to make them uh, like hey you got to throw to come back on us the first drive was really good there was 30 yards and penalties by the Browns defense you know second drive I think that was after the PJ Walker throws a bad interception the 49ers miss a field goal okay they stop Cleveland get the ball back go down for a field goal drive and look impressive doing it again 11 play 76 yard drive and you're going well this this is just going to be kind of these slow, ugly, you know, beat down here. You know, as when I looked at it at that point, I was like, oh, we're headed towards a 23 to 10, 23 to nine type of football game. Right. Right. But around that moment, it totally switched. The Browns go on a big drive, five play touchdown drive, and It was all set up by a huge pass to Amari Cooper down the left-hand sideline. Lenore, the corner for the 49ers, slipped and fell down. And I'm telling you, it almost felt like from that that point on, the game changed a Hmm. little bit. At least the momentum, or maybe the belief from the Browns. Maybe that's what I should say. And from there on out, I mean, they pitched a shutout on the 49ers offense for the most part. I know the 49ers scored in the second half on the one-play, eight-yard drive yeah. after the the uh, turnover,
0: right? nor interception. Little Lenore interception. Huge mistake. I mean, the Browns were up by three at that point. Right. in the fourth quarter. Right. That's total. That switched the game once again. And, and, and that was a situation where the Browns could have been like, oh, crap, we did just I, it, it
1: looked like, again, I thought it that was going like to be another moment. It. Like, oh, well, there they blew the opportunity. The 49ers are going to put this away and see you later, right? But the, the, the theme of the day is that the Browns' defense – just absolutely squashed the 49ers' offense from about the end of the second quarter on. You know, For a little perspective, the 49ers had 189 yards of total offense going into the half. They ended the game with 215. So they had 26 yards of offense in wow. the second half. Kyle Shanahan and the all-star offense of the 49ers. And I don't say that to be demeaning. I'm saying that more that like the Browns should be proud of what they did. Now, some of the injuries played, I think, in part to the, the 49ers' oh, for offensive sure. struggles. McCaffrey
0: was out. Right. Debo was out right. early. Trent Williams, Trent Williams was out for was a little while. Did come back right. in, but, right. but you're right.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that messes up your flow. Your sure. rhythm as a play caller, right? But I think the big thing is it was the first team all year that I felt like matched the physicality of the 49ers. All right? That would be the first thing I would say where I went, well, damn, they are they're not backing down, and they're throwing their bodies around every bit as equally crazy as the 49ers. Yeah. The other thing that I think jumped out to me more than than anything, too, is they stopped the run game. And as you always know, when I wax poetically about the 49ers and their offense, all, all the Shanahan – I call them Shanahan specials, right? The trick plays, the screens, the reverses, the speed sweeps, the toss to Debo Samuel, all those things. They were non-existent in this game. They basically made the game like – no, Brock Purdy, you're going to have to drop back and pass to beat us. We're not going to let all these other tricks like, kind of work on us today. And, of course, their pass rush was annoying to Purdy. And they have two really good corners down the field to make life hard and not give you a lot of open looks there. And I, you know, that, to me, was the big theme of the game, let alone their offense just being able to stay on the field, first downs, and chew up some clock. It was a well-played
0: team football game, you know, altogether by the Browns. Yeah, so in totality, how do we assess this performance from Brock Purdy in this one? 12 of 27, a 44% completion percentage, down those weapons, as we mentioned already. Right. 125 yards, had the touchdown, had the interception. Uh, but if Jake Moody makes that field goal, he led a game-winning drive at the end of the game. As you see, the final drive, he was 3 of 7, 42 yards. The elements were not perfect for a quarterback. How do, How do we come away from this game thinking about their quarterback.
1: Well, he, He's still really good. He struggled today. And he, he struggled, one, because I, a little bit of what you just heard me say, like some of those screens and boots and people are wide open, they give you the little rhythm for the day, a confidence. Like we always talk about basketball players. They see the ball go through the hoop once, and all of a sudden they start to go, I'm hot, I'm on fire. Give me the ball, right? And you're like, wait, that was a layup. Like It wasn't a big deal. You're like, no, 30 feet away. Boom, right? And it's the same thing for a quarterback at times. You get a few throws here or there. And it doesn't matter how difficult they are. You walk away, and even if you threw three screens and you go, damn, I'm three for three for 55 yards. Okay, it takes a little pressure. It takes a little edge. Makes things feel better for you. That never happened. The run game never happened. So then there, the the play action pass was not nearly as effective as we've seen in years pa- or games past with them. Um, I, I think the thing is with Brock Purdy, he's still really good. We know that. There was comparisons this all week to him and Tom Brady. Like, ca- calm the fuck down, everybody. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. okay. It's a good player. There's no doubt about that.
0: Record-wise,
1: right, right, Re- Record. yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good player, but in no, no, by no stretch of the imagination is he ready to carry the team like a superstar quarterback and be like, "Hey, guys, I know it's not working today." Right? We talk about this all the time with certain yeah. guys. I know we're injured and it's not working. And don't worry, I got it. Right? He's not ready for that. He's not. I don't know if he'll ever be that. He, he but, but he's. He, he needs a little system help and stuff. For sure. When he starts to really click and do things good is when, hey, we're rolling and you give me all these plays and I, got, I can remember all the things Shanahan taught us like we talk about all the time, and he slowly starts to pick you apart here. But this was a game that the offense and the system didn't deliver as much. And then, you know, it's still he's good at it. Getting out of the pocket usually and all that too, but this with this pass rush, they they were around him today. Yeah. And then I do think the last thing here, and this is the most important, the elements bothered him. You know, and, and the elements I think bothered both quarterbacks for a little while. So I'm not trying to point him out here, but I think there were some throws, especially in the second quarter, that were missed because it was wet it was raining it was cold it was windy and you could see the way the ball squirted out of his hand a few times where you went oh man that didn't come out clean right he was having a problem controlling so i think all those things played into it and then as we always know you know th- this is where people got to get like used to the NFL and the, the human emotions, right? The 49ers feel like, they're hey, we're the greatest thing in the world. We beat the Cowboys. We're the best. The Browns are going into the game going, shit, we got the 49ers coming to the game, and we don't have Deshaun Watson. We have to play our best, right? And then people got to realize, too, like you get a bunch of grown men who already think they're the shit, right? Like, like I'm the man. I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And you rally them together for the week. And, hey, we got to play good. Uh, you can get the group to believe when especially the talent gap in the NFL is never that different, right? And I, I think the Browns just put a, an unbelievable effort. And I was shocked even with their offense running the ball to the capacity it did today, Yeah, too.
0: and we, we should definitely give the Browns credit for all that they did in this one because I think that this defense is proving to us yeah. that if they are not, you know— Top one in the league. I mean, they're they're in the conversation for, for best in defense the ball. Yeah, d- best in, in football,
1: no doubt. I, I think the one thing we've hit on that only reason, little size and depth on their D line. Those yeah, have been our two concerns. And as the game started out today, I was a little bit like, oh man, the Browns are going to get worn down here. But they hung in there. They really did. And I think Schwartz. I'm excited to watch that film had some creative things in his game plan that took away, I think, some of the bread-and-butter plays that Shanahan did. And the 49ers were sloppy. They weren't good on third downs. We talked about Purdy missing the ball. They had a ton of penalties, right? And, um, yeah, they, they had the fight, I think, brought to them for yeah. the first time all year.
0: Still maybe almost won it, though, with a missed field goal at the end and a controversial That's how good pass they are. interference penalty on yes. Gibson there, some too. Some tough
1: penalties at the end the end of that, that last uh, field goal drive by the Browns. You yep. had the, the Gibson... You know, unnecessary roughness hit, which yeah. he didn't look like he hit the guy in the head. So no. I don't think that should have been called. It
0: maybe was bordering on defenseless receiver. I, I
1: know. I think defenseless receiver. Though you, you still, still got to hit him in the, the head. head. I think so. I do. And then the pass interference. I think that was on Lenore late in the game, okay. right? You know, I had no problem with that. He held the guy coming out of the break. It wasn't the worst hold I've ever seen, but but I can live with that. Um you know, either way, big win for the Browns, and uh, they're three and two. and And watch out for them. There's no doubt if Watson gets back and their pass game
0: gets going, they got a lot of sure. pieces to be a dangerous team in the AFC. And the Forty ers undefeated no more. The Philadelphia Eagles undefeated no more. The New York Jets, how about this? Twenty to fourteen, they get the win. Israel DMS Seven says, "Damn okay" to the Jets' Tetris secondary. Jets defense won the game for them and have held all the elite quarterbacks. In check, uh, really. At no point in this game did I really think the Eagles were going to lose. No, until Jalen Hurts threw the pick I, uh, at the end. Agreed. I mean, it,
1: it kind of felt like it was teetering on,
0: like they're living they're, dangerously. They're
1: living dangerously, but they're about to control the game. That's yes. where it kinda kept going kept going. Oh yeah, it's fourteen to three. Oh okay, yep. They'll, they'll they'll do something. You know, they'll you know stop and put it together. Oh, they held the Jets to a field goal. It's 6 Well, they're going to go down the score before the
0: half. Right. I mean, it was, it was, it kind of felt like that all game long. Yeah, it should have been 17 6 at least, maybe, but they fumbled, so it was 14 9 at the break. Exactly right. But Mistakes, like,
1: yeah. turnovers, and an Eagles football team that, you know, I, I, we know is super talented. We also know they've won some games where we've gone, they didn't play their best football. And today, you know, they didn't play their best football, and they played a team that's crazy on defense, got speed, opportunistic. And they didn't play their best football, and they turned into, whoa, big plays for the Jets on the defensive side of the ball, turnovers, right? And I think that was the big thing of the day, no doubt about it, when you look at, like, how the game unfolded. Uh, The Jets' D stopping the run and Mm. making it a one-dimensional, no, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us, uh,
0: I think was kind of the shocker of the day to me in this matchup. Robert Sala said post-game that the Jets have faced a, quote, gauntlet of quarterbacks so far and, quote, We have embarrassed all of them. So they have faced Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts. I don't feel like they've embarrassed. Have they embarrassed all of them? They've had the best of all
1: of them, I think, except for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott won 31 of 38 for like 260-something yards. Seven incompletions. completions. Embarrassing. (laughs) Uh, But I think other than that, he could could say that. I mean, Mahomes with the three interceptions, it was outplayed by Zach Wilson. Yeah, we didn't expect that. Uh, they're a handful like we've seen uh, and 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 to me when, when like watching the game the thing that jumped out to me of course the team speed they have they're opportunistic and you know, creating some of the turnovers. Like you said, the DeAndre Swift fumble seems like they were driving. That ends up for three points for the Jets, right? You know, There's another moment in the game. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith wide open in the middle of the field. The ball goes right through his hands on a second down. I mean, they're going to be down in the red zone. Uh, so there were some missed opportunities there. They throw a screen pass to Dallas Goddard. Uh, he catches it as he's catching it. Jermaine Johnson hustles over there, kind of hits him as he's tucking it away. Pops in the air. Quincy William gets the interception. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we had the the other tip pass, I believe that Bryce Bryce Hall got right. Yep. Uh, and then and then the
0: one at the end where Hertz throws it off his back foot. But yeah. The three the, interceptions that tied a career high. Yeah. For yeah. Hertz. So that was that is embarrassing. Yeah. That's well, embarrassing.
1: well, we've seen Hertz be in some of these moments here early in the year and come through. And we've gone, man, they don't always have to run the ball. In
0: this game, there were times where it's just like, man. Yeah,
1: he's great throws, great plays, right? Whatever. The Jets still stuck to the game plan of, though, we're going to show people by the line of scrimmage, and then we're going to drop out. That, to me, was what they looked looked like early on. And early on in the football game, they blitzed a few times. So the Eagles had to respect that. Like, wait, we don't know if they're going to drop out or blitz, or we're not sure here, right? But that, to me, was the big thing. It looked like. Oh hey, we got you know seven guys to block. They had eight in the box. And then of course they would end up only rushing four but other guys would drop out, and the Eagles, who were like, "Wait, we don't like to run the ball under this look. We'd rather throw it." They're throwing the ball, and the Jets are like, "Thank God you're throwing it, because now our pass rush can get after it, and we got eight guys, uh, and seven guys dropping into coverage." Yep. That to me looked like one of the things that gave the Eagles some problems throughout the day, outnumbering them at, at pre-snap with the run game and then post-snap going, we knew you would throw the ball when you looked like we were outnumbered. So they would drop back, and they were you know, at times in Jalen Hurts' passing lanes and, and certainly you
0: know, didn't allow as many big plays from the Eagles, I would say, oh, sure. as we usually see on the offensive if side of the ball. you're watching on YouTube or Peacock right now, you're seeing the second-half drive chart for the Eagles there. It's punt, punt, interception, missed field goal, interception, and then turnover on downs. Um yeah, and good job back there, Gabby and, and Morgan and Pete, pushing the buttons late on a Sunday night, as always. Um, you know what time it is? It's time to go inside the numbers, powered oh. by AWS. We'll take a deeper look at at Jalen Hurts here. And so he was pressured on 21 of his 50 dropbacks. That's 42% in the loss against the Jets. Hurts had a 3-7 and record in 10 career starts when pressured at least 40% of his dropbacks. And he's 25-5. and when he's pressured on fewer than 40% of the drive. So we found we found the key. Pressure him 40% of the time and you have a chance. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Well, you now Easier you said need the Jets D line. You need Lane Johnson <laughs> to get hurt at right tackle. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you go from there. Uh, you need some things to fall in your
2: favor, yes.
1: You, you do. Well, uh, they got the Eagles into a one-dimensional game. I think that's, the, that's rare. We haven't seen that a lot. Yes. Where it's like, wait, forget the run. We're just going to keep dropping back to throw. And the Jets are comfortable with that because they're going, damn, we got six, seven, eight pass rushers that we feel like can get after the quarterback at all times. Let alone we're smart in how we pass off our zone coverages. And we're not a team that when we do get pressure, we don't just go, hey, now it's man to man. And you can just throw it up to A.J. Brown or run a slant to A.J. Brown. and Right. So they don't give you some of those type of easy throws sometimes that you get. When you get pressured as a quarterback, that's kind of the the gift of the, the Jets defense for sure. But the big thing was that they didn't get overpowered by the run game and then the play-action pass become an issue. And then when Hurts is in shotgun and he play-action passes like we talk about all the time, teams have to stop. Wait, is it the run? Oh, wait, now i got to restart my motor and try to get after the quarterback again. Those are all things that always play into
0: the favor of the Eagles in these matchups, and they didn't have that in their favor in this one today. So Bryce Huff was awesome for the Jets in this one. Uh, generated a career-high nine pressures on 28 pass rushes in that win. You see 25.7% was his pressure rate it is the highest pressure rate since 2002 wow for next gen stats so congratulations bryce huff uh, they just got so many guys exactly right they have freaky athletes
1: all over the place that that that's exact like it said wait jermaine johnson was awesome in the football game he caused the fumble on dallas goddard he also hit jalen hurts that tipped the knocked the ball up in the air hit his arm when bryce huff got the interception but then it's the it's the under the radar guys that the national media or fan doesn't know about, right? We all know Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Who all didn't right. We play. know we all know CJ yeah. Mosley, right? We yeah. know those guys. But like you're saying, it's Bryce Hut or we know Quinn and Williams. But then it's wait, Quinn and Williams brother Quincy? Yeah. Is he that that awesome? Yeah, he's that awesome he 's flying around making tackles everywhere it 's Bryce Hoff off the edge you know it 's Franklin Myers doing a good job sl- you know stopping the run game so it 's the second tier guys they have on their defense that are really good too and then just enough from the offense today you know again, one of the reasons the jets aren 't statistically better on the defensive side of the ball is the thing we always talk about. you know the offense was so bad early in the year it 's like of course the Jets defense was going to break down. They were on the field all the time. You know, But even here today, where it wasn't pretty, you know, the Jets, they stayed on the field a few times throughout the game to where it wasn't like, hey, the Eagles, fourth play, Eagles are back on here to just smash your face into the ground again here. And so there is somewhat of a semblance of an offense. A lot of it was ugly. It was ugly field goal drives and everything like that. But either way, it stayed on the field, and I think one of the biggest things of the day was the Jets almost were even in time of possession with the Eagles, which is a almost a huge win in itself as well.
0: Interesting. All right, yeah. I, I got to check that now. Yeah, 30 minutes for the Eagles. Yeah, 29 for the Jets. Yeah,
1: I mean, th- that would be – I bet you they knew, if we could just stay in that ballpark, we'll have a chance to win the football game. And uh, they did that, and Zach Wilson made no major mistakes – we saw the Jets play clean football and we saw the Eagles, you know, not play clean football and yep. miss a field goal that was easy to make too. Yep. Another team that kind of missed one where you go. I think it was an easy one.
0: I feel like it was like a forty something one. All right. That was inside the numbers powered by AWS. The Jets three and three now. They're in the mix. Jets three
2: They're and in three? The mix.
1: With Aaron Rodgers before the year and their first six games, which you could argue was the toughest first six games of football, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, we we're going, if they can get to the bye and be 3-3, three and three, that's that's perfect. And here they are without Aaron Rodgers being 3-3. Three and three. So it's more than perfect. It's like, yeah, now they got something to build on. And, you know, I, I still, like today, I know it wasn't easy, but I still like their run game. And I think Zach Wilson is slowly but surely still gaining confidence here. And it wasn't easy against that Eagles defense. We know that. But uh, I think the no mistakes and not fucking the game up is a huge positive for the Jets' offense.
2: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win. Defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few. The proud. The Marines.
0: Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink. Or maybe even a wine in hand.
2: As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm. Short ribs. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our
0: best to make you feel at home, refill, long before you get there. Delta,
2: keep climbing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. So
0: those are the two games that Larry Zonka and his friends were celebrating on this Sunday. Moving over to defense wins, dot, 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 regular season games. We got four games to talk about here. And one of these games, uh, we do want to talk about the quarterback as well. Uh, damn okay, says Compass Traveler, to Jared Goff just being a great quarterback for the Lions. Lions beat the Buccaneers 20-6 to the final score. Who knew that when we made that trade with the Rams two years ago, we were getting the better quarterback. <laughs> we should have traded the first-round picks. Seriously. I love Matt Stafford. He's great. Uh. But Jared Goff has been awesome. Uh, 353 yards, I think, was the final count for him in this game. Uh, There it is, 30 of 44, 353, two touchdowns. Like, how has he transformed into into this guy in this offense?
1: It it would take a good 20-minute conversation, but I think it's pressure of the position he was in, the coaching staff cultivating, you know, different play from him what their expectations were pushing him a little bit like we talked about in the past a little like hey this is open you got to throw it in there right I think they changed his expectations you know I think they managed him a little bit at first to give him confidence and now they play an offense that fits him and he feels comfortable and he's confident now and he's fearless that's the big thing I mean I'm blown away by their your Lions. The Lions are like I, I you know I said it on Football Night in America tonight. Like it legit Super Bowl contender, legit. They're like we talk about with the Eagles a little bit, you know. We've talked about, like they can win different ways. I oh, couldn't run today. the The Bucks played stopped the run. They said okay, we're, we're gonna lose. You're gonna lose to Jared Goff throwing the ball. And he said fine, you're gonna lose then, right? And our defense will be damn good too. You can't run the ball against your defense. You don't let out very many big plays in the pass game. You guys harass the quarterback and get around him a lot. There's no schematical mess-ups anymore on the defensive side of the ball. It is complete football, and I think that's what I'm really impressed by with them. You know, As well as the Bucks D played and stopped the run and played five-man fronts, the Lions are like, so what? We yeah. got some other answers here, and we trust our
0: guy to drop back and beat you. And uh, he did that today. It's their first four-game winning streak since 2016. That was the last time they made the playoffs. And their best start at 5-1 and one since 2011. We're talking one-seed territory here with the 49ers and Eagles, all 5-1. They are absolutely right in their class. I just want everybody to know that. I'm not going to say
1: I'm going to rank them better or make, like, they'd be one in my power rank or whatever. They'd be in the same tier. They're in a tier with them, though. Wow. I think it's fair to say. I do. I do as well-coached as they are. As big and physical as they are on both sides of the ball, the amount of ways they can beat you in the pass game, did you see that one guy catch that long touchdown pass? I told I you to watch see, out for next week. He did week. drop a pass did also. He <laughs> he did. He, I yes. didn't see the drop. Everybody <laughs> told me it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it looked like. It was like a gone. Was like he gone? It was like, similar or, to the ones
0: we've seen before, where right? it's just
1: kind of like it seems like the lack of confidence. Like he's running as crossing. he's trying to catch the yes, ball. Yes. Right. Okay. But either way, he catches an un- corner route. You saw the speed. He was by the he guy by like yes. eight yards. Right. Yeah. Golf guy actually threw the ball in a bad spot. He had to turn his body, catch it. But still, that's all we needed to see from your Lions. Look at me. I'm sitting here jumping on your team here I'm with you now. So What's going on here? I'm but, so happy. But, yeah. No, it's 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 exciting to watch uh, the, the versatility of the football team.
0: Look at this. Lions fans have, are tweeting us. The Lions are legit Super Bowl contenders right at you chris sims that's right back. baby one
1: hashtag one pride i'm part of it <laughs> Woo!
0: uh i i really uh i am excited for that football team and the way the defense played on top of that yeah, well that's what i want to get to yeah. too because this right. is the defense wins because i think that as much as we broke down and we did last wednesday yeah. the lions offense and what they do Oh, there, now they're you they're want me to break aggressive. down the defense do you want want every you podcast you, to do that, you want because uh, as matt casey <laughs> tells us they do really well on youtube the lions fans show up to watch these videos so I, I think we should do that uh, but that is almost more remarkable because because we saw this coming with the offense. Last year, there were signs. Amon Ross St. Brown is becoming a yeah. premier wide receiver. They're going to be able to run the ball. The offensive line's awesome. The defensive transformation is almost more surprising for them. I,
1: I, I don't think there's any doubt, right? The defense was, of course, better at the end of the year. They were better than their 32 or 31 ranking, however yeah. they ended, right? Uh, but still, it was a major issue for their football team. Uh, you know, they got depth up front. They got big people like we talk about where you're, you're not going to push them around. You know? When they want to get big up front, they can put a bunch of 300 plus type of guys up there on the football field. You got a Aiden Hutchinson who can play the run as good as any edge defender in the game, and then of course he's one of the best pass rushers in football. So you throw that on top of, hey, your middle linebacker play is better this year too. Mm-hmm. right? And then your secondary is way better across the board. And I just think that you know, Aaron Glenn found the way he wanted to play that made sense for the football team itself. And you're probably right. We are, I probably do have to break down their defense yes. a little bit and do something like that just to speak of it. But today, like, Bucks on third down, negative Ghost Rider. Yeah. Bucks couldn't run the ball. It became about can Baker Mayfield throw big passes down the field? Now, Evans dropped one that I saw for sure, another one where Evans was open and Baker Mayfield got hit, and the ball went in the air and got intercepted, right? I know. So it wasn't perfect, I know that. But either way, it was
0: really damn good, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of weak spots to look at on this Lions defense, that's for sure. Lions defense was rolling, and by the way, the Bucks need to just go permanently with the cream sickle. Permanently. It's like associated with losing, though. That's the problem, and that's why they can't do it.
1: They went to Pewter and won the Super Bowl and became a team, and... The Glazier family invented the color pewter, so I don't think it's going anywhere. They invented it. How do you do that? They got with a bunch of colors, and they said, we're going to call this pewter, and we own it. They just (laughs) mixed a bunch of colors together and trademarked it. But they trademarked it, right. Pewter is their
0: color. They own the color pewter. They own the color. Let's make our color known. At (laughs) what's the color for Chris Sims' button? Can we do that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Right. We'll we'll put our trademark on it. Uh, So big win for the Lions. Defense looked good there against the Bucks. Big win for the Jaguars. Defense looks good against the Colts. Gardner Minshew was back in Jacksonville, throwing to Jaguars again. It was like old times, right? It was just like, hey, (laughs) hey, I know you guys. Remember, here's the
1: ball. There you you go. go. He's open.
0: (laughs) I mean that legit. You were my buddy. Like, what if that did happen in your brain? Right? You're just like, I've thrown to these jerseys before, and there they are (laughs) over the middle. Uh, He did throw three interceptions in the game. Uh, This was this was domination by the Jaguars. Maybe the most dominant victory. It doesn't look like that in the final score. Colts added a couple late. Yeah, but but, it was uh,
1: yeah. It was 31 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, it was thirty-one to six, actually, in the fourth quarter at one point. So their
0: last three games here, too: Falcons versus the Bills, and now the Colts.
1: Well, it's actually funny that it's been put this way. I wanted to say this tonight on Football Night in America a little bit, but to me, the Jaguars are the AFC version of the Lions. That's kind of what I look at them like, right? Which normally
0: is like the worst thing you can say about a team.
1: It ain't ain't about these two. No (laughs) more. I mean, this is opposites day, I guess, here a little bit. But I feel the same way about the Jaguars as I do as the, the Lions a little bit. Can beat you a lot of different ways. There's balance on offense, right? Trevor Lawrence didn't have his best day, but made a few plays. They got in the end zone. They can run the football. That's the big thing. And their defense, to me, that's the other thing that's starting to look like really legit right? You know, it, it's it's real big-time talent in the front. It's creative coaching to go along with it. We've talked about their linebackers that I like, and Oluquan, and, uh, you know, the the kid that was drafted, Devin Lloyd, that was drafted in the first round two years ago. I think the secondary is as good as anybody in football, right? Uh, and then, yeah, you add that on a day where, hey, we harass Gardner Minshew, we're around him, he threw had some stupid decisions, you know, I, I think a one point, you know, in like the second quarter, Jonathan or at halftime, I want to even say, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, I think, were the leading receivers for the Colts. So that just shows you that nobody was open downfield. There was no pass protection to be had, and the game started that way. Josh Allen strips Gardner Minshew yep. on the first drive of the game, and Gardner Minshew looked uncomfortable, and like nobody was open, and people
0: were around him throughout the day. Travis Etienne broke a couple on the offensive side there too for the Jaguars. They're four and two. It's their best start since 2007 they take a one game lead now in the afc south and indianapolis now has not won in jacksonville since 2014 they just can't win there indianapolis has not beat jackson that's not right in jacksonville in Jacksonville since 2014.
1: I guess you're right. Yeah, I'm thinking of the other way around. Right. Yes, yes you're right. Okay. Okay. Good. I got you. Made you nervous for a second. You were right. you were like, like oh, all Pete things gave here. me a yeah. bad damn. No, this is, <laughs> Yeah. This has been triple checked.
0: now <laughs> Pete would never do that to us either. Not this late at night. Actually, this is the night it would happen. Right. We're all a little groggy uh, here. But uh, yeah, I, Jaguars four and two. Right. I mean, I feel like there's one more thing that we should talk about with this game jaguars exactly. capitalize oh yes. they can
1: make big plays right they can turn it over and they can flip the field in a hurry
0: um and and what were we gonna say go ahead it's the other side anthony richardson we heard oh. today that maybe yeah he maybe might shoulder surgery maybe i know the
1: year i know
0: i mean this is kind of coming into this year you figured it was going to be a learning year. And that, that's the thing that would suck the most, is that if this year's going to be a wash, you'd want it to be a wash with Anthony Richardson getting some reps and some playing time. And so that would be a real bummer if he can't play the rest Huge of the year. Huge bummer. I mean, he's the future.
1: We know that. And not only, like, it, it, it. the year, his our expectations were already surpassed by how he looked. He looked better. And you were going to go, yeah, it's a learning year and they're going to be in every football game and maybe surprise us and hang around the playoff picture with a rookie quarterback. That's what was exciting. And Jonathan Taylor just got back, and we're starting going, hey, wait, they're showing signs of running the ball, and you couple him with Anthony Richardson's ability to run, like they're going to be able to do some dangerous things here. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not going to happen. And they got to do this you know, the right way here because this is uh, a big moment for their franchise and it's going to affect, you know. Anthony Richardson has the chance to be their starting quarterback for the next 10 or 12 years, so they got to make sure they yeah. do right by him here.
0: Still not certain if he's going to elect for the surgery yep, that would we'll see where sideline him for the, the rest of the year, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that for sure. Bengals, their defense uh, steps up in a defensive slugfest versus the Seattle Seahawks. 17-13 was the final score here. Geno Smith, tough day for him. No touchdowns, two interceptions, was sacked four times. But this game also hanging in the balance late. And then in my notes, I just kept writing down the names. Hendrickson, Hubbard, Hubbard, Reeder, and then B.J. Hill, defensive line. I mean, that's basically what saved the game at the end here for the Bengals. I mean, no doubt. I mean, two goal line stands at the end of the football game where the Seattle Seahawks come
1: away with no points. Right, Seattle Seahawks with that type of weaponry, you know, having that many red zone failures, one touchdown out of five red zone trips. I mean, yeah, that that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, there, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and it's a Bengals defense that we know, and you and I have talked about in previous podcasts, where they haven't been at their best. They've let up big plays. But I think the big thing was, you know, one, yeah, the Seahawks couldn't run the ball, but two, more importantly. Like you said, the pressure around Geno Smith and then Lou Anarumo, the D coordinator of the, the Bengals and the, the defensive secondary, they must have had a great feel for how the Seahawks want to play. Because even the plays where Geno had time, you went, damn. He doesn't like what he's seeing. He's looking here. He's looking here. He's going across the field. And then it was like, oh crap, nobody's open. And then of course by that time he was, you know, running around and trying to avoid Hendrickson and Hubbard and that group there. Not a pretty day on the offensive side of the ball for really either football team. Right? You know, the game started off with a nice drive by the Seahawks. It started off with, Hey, have the Bengals been listening to the Chris Simpson button with Ahmed Farid? They're becoming masters of the short passing game right? They were really like surgical. And I was sitting in the viewing room going, damn, look at them. They're just, they're going to just chip away with one four yard throw after another and become so good at that. You're going to have to worry about it. But then something changed. And, and I don't know exactly. It looked like maybe Seattle played more man to man. And they finally just said, all right, wait, we got a feel for how, what routes you're running today and all that. We're not going to just let you sit here and dink and dunk us down the field the whole day. And that, to me, is what looked like it changed a little bit. Uh, but either way, it was you know, the, Bengals would, the Bengals'
0: defense with the big plays and the big moments that really got it done. And, Chris, I totally agree with the last thing you said right there, which I actually don't know what it was because <laughs> we had a mic difficulty. Yeah. We had to stop down the Stopped pod. Down now we're back. We're but back. what you said I do agree with wholeheartedly. And I did want to make these points about the Bengals right now. It's their first consecutive wins of the season. Right. And they are 3-0 and versus the NFC West. They are 0-3 versus the AFC. They play the 49ers coming up in week number eight. That's That's an interesting quirk. It
1: is is really quirky, right? Uh, They're they're still a scary football team. I know that. Still not playing their best, but they're making do, right? I mean, not a lot of big plays in the pass game at all today. Um, I I think, you know, either way, though, the defense with not only the – what interception that set up the field goal late in the football game to give them the four point lead? You know, the Mike Hilton interception, Seahawks make a big play. They're kind of down there in the red zone. They got a slot fade. He makes a great interception, kind of seeing what's coming. He gets it, ends up no points for the Seahawks there. The Bengals do have a lot of playmakers throughout. So that's where it's hard to give up on them. Yep. Like I was telling you last week. You know, the Arizona game wasn't as quite as good as I expected it when I turned on the film, um, but they got it done. And I have a feeling it's kind of be, going to be the same thing in this one here. Uh, but they're still dangerous and scary, and we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, offensively, I mean, it's like the Seahawks got a feel early on, okay, this is what we're going to do, and they squashed the Bengals after that. Yep. I mean, the Bengals, if it isn't for the Cam Taylor interception return, four-play, zero-yard drive for a field goal, right? I mean, there's, they got nothing to speak of in the second half on the offensive side of the ball, and that's that's unacceptable. I know yeah. Seattle's creative and got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Seattle needs their right tackle back, right? That's the big thing. They got cross back. He's playing the right tackle. He not playing was an issue for them all game long today, and that was one of the guys that I constantly saw in the face of Geno Smith in the fourth quarter when yeah. they were down there in the red area. Uh, we'll see where it goes. And the Bengals are still a work in progress, but you know, I'm certainly not
0: discounting them or anything like that. Work in progress on the offensive side. It's why we have them in this defense wins regular season game section here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you for win. bringing it back to that. <laughs> they beat the, the Seahawks by four. So the Ravens in this section as well, they scored 24 against the Titans. 24-16 was the, the final in this one. But I, I think for the second week in a row, yeah, the Ravens left just so many points exactly. on the field. That's the point. So right. many field goals. Right. Eric DiPasta says to you, Is it just me, or is it frustrating that Todd Munkin doesn't keep his foot on the gas after the Ravens are up? Has to be a Harbaugh thing. We know he loves time of possession, but this is precisely what sparks teams to come back. Yeah. It... Or is it a different concern that you have with the offense? No,
1: I, I don't know if it's like they take the, ga- the foot off the gas pedal. It's just they're not consistent on that side of the ball yet. You know, they're close. That's where I I come away with the day-to-day and, and, and like, you know, I think a lot of the same sentiments you're talking about and and what our listener is talking about here is where I just go, there's things and periods of the game where I look at the Ravens and go, they're one of the best teams in football. The way their defense can shut you down for a period of time, right? I mean, they can get after the quarterback. They're extremely well coached in the secondary. Uh, you know, usually they stop the run really well. I know Derrick Henry broke some big ones today. Uh, you know, they can play man coverage when they got it. They got some creative blitzes to go along with it. We see the run game is coming along in Baltimore. The pass game is too. It, it, it's close. You know, I still look at the Ravens here and go, yeah, they're four and two. They could be six and oh, and I still think they're kind of a work in progress. But I think their their potential as a football team is one of the best in the game. I don't think there's any team the Ravens are going to play all year. They're going to be overmatched by They're big up front on both sides of the ball. You know, I do think it's going to be consistency. And can they get, you know, consistent big plays in the pass game uh, from their offense as we go forward? Uh, Lamar, I thought, was pretty sharp throughout the day. I know he threw the one interception. That was about the only play I looked at to go, ooh, that was a problem. And then, you know, them getting close and not scoring touchdowns, I think, is what you know our our listener Eric DePosta is talking about, too. It's not taking your foot off the gas pedal. Tennessee's pretty well coached on their defensive side of the ball, too. It's hard to score touchdowns on them, especially kind of where... You guys were on the field. You get down there towards inside the 15, inside the 10. It's hard to score touchdowns there. And Tennessee, you know, did a, did a good job keeping them out and making Justin Tucker kick field
0: goals. Yeah, for Lamar Jackson, completed 70% of his passes in the game. That was not the case for the quarterbacks on the other side. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis combined to throw. Uh, complete 12 of 21 passes 150 yards sacked six times one interception Tannehill did have to leave the game injured his right ankle uh, earlier in the game uh, he had surgery um, on that same ankle last season so that's a bit of a worrying sign there for Ryan Tannehill Malik Willis came in the game and did not find life any easier going up against this defense and so not a whole lot there were it was what a Derrick Henry touchdown that made it a five-point game but I don't think it was really ever that close. No, it, it always felt like Baltimore had control of the
1: football game, right? I think that that's the big thing. I think the thing that I'd, I'd maybe look at more than anything is the point where Tennessee had a chance to maybe get control of the game in their own way. Right? They come out in the second half. It's it's, uh, it's 18-13, right? Um, they, they got the field goal. Then they got the interception from Lamar, right, if I got this right. And then they got a one-play, 25-yard, r- yard, uh, or it was a three-play. There were some penalties there. But a one-play, 25-yard rush by Derrick Henry to make it 18-13. They stopped Baltimore. They got the ball back, okay, and it was third and one on, at midfield, basically, And Ryan Tannehill tried to force the ball downfield like that's where Tannehill has been frustrating this year. We know their offense isn't good. It's not on Tannehill. The receivers aren't special. We know that. But he's like forgotten who they are and lost his patience a few times during the year. And that, to me, was the moment of the game where it switched there for them, too. It's 18-13. They had all the momentum. They're on cusp of field goal territory. It's third and one. He had Derrick Henry open in the flat, hit him. You're going to get a first down, keep the pressure on Baltimore. Instead, it becomes an interception, and Baltimore went down and kicked a field goal. And made it 21-13, and that's kind of where you felt like, oh, man, it's going to be tough sledding for Tennessee, especially when you saw Ryan Tannehill go out after that interception. That was it for his day.
0: Titans are now 0-4 outside of Tennessee this season. This game well outside Tennessee out in London. (laughs) Just Uh, a bit outside. With that Ravens win, they're now in first place in the AFC North. But I do wonder what happened to my guy John Harbaugh. He used to be gunslinger, fourth down, go for it, roll the dice, down by your... Goal line, ready to punch it in. He's not like that anymore.
1: Well, I think in this game, like, right, they had one down there where they were close, and they kicked the field goal. I they a couple. They there. think there was yeah. two. I think yeah. there was. But I think, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. You know, to I me, know you don't. Well, that's how you end up losing a game where we go, hey, they all played Tennessee, and somehow they lost. They lost 1917. That was last week against Pittsburgh. Well, okay, but don't, like... Uh, again, like you just said, we just laid it out. It's Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee Titans offense, right? Just make them work. Make them earn it. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Yeah. I know it's shocking, and I think even Kurt Warner and them during Rich Eisen during, this, the, during the game itself were like, damn, man, this day in the NFL, it's weird to see teams kick a field goal like this. But – it was the necessary thing, and it's fourth and five. Yeah, let's 14, call this nine, live. Buffalo.
0: Tyrod Taylor, last chance. Right. Tyrod Taylor was up the middle. In the he got oh, it. Oh, complete to the fifteen complete. yard line. No
1: timeout though. They got to clock the ball. Uh,
0: I think you just run it here to Saquon go. Barkley to the yeah, one yard yeah, right. line, like they did at the end of the first half and screwed that up. Oh, All right, nine seconds. nine seconds. Tyrod to go Taylor here. and
1: the Giants are going to have a chance to win the football game. All right, look here. at
0: Dayball saying, "Everyone, just settle down right now." So,
1: just so everybody knows, and you'll know this anyways, but. Uh, Buffalo—they'll they'll see how we lived this. Buffalo moment. missed a field goal Ooh. here that went just over the upright, Jalen Hyatt. Nice that could catch have there. gave them the eight-point lead. Yeah, it was wide right, which is a very familiar thing to Buffalo <laughs> Giants fans. <laughs> uh,
0: too, hey, too soon. That's way too soon. <laughs> it's not that soon. It's
1: like we got nine two years later. <laughs> <laughs> we we got seven seconds on the play years, clock
0: sorry. right now. Dayball's a little nervous. Uh oh. They're not going to – oh, timeout Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Well, they
1: want to see what they're going to do. They call that Kodak in the NFL. Kodak, let's take a picture, and now let's talk about what we saw, how they lined up, and see if we can maybe figure out what they're going to do or how they're going to play this year. I don't know.
0: It didn't look like the Giants were all that close to getting that playoff, and there are only four seconds left on the play clock. But, all right, uh, this is going to be impossible now. All right, let's try (laughs) to get into this next section real quick. Wide receiver difference makers. Uh, This is the Dolphins beating the Panthers – 42-21, 42-21, to 21, the final score, and I think you know who we're going to talk about here as the difference maker. A guy you said on Football Night in America should be the number one MVP candidate right now, Tyreek Hill. I, I, I
1: mean, first off, he's the human highlight film. How many Sundays have we come in here and not talk about, huh, Tyreek Hill, huh, Tyreek Hill, or I'm on Football Night in America and we show three or four highlights and we all laugh and go, ha isn't he the fastest guy you've ever
0: seen in your life? Set it up. Pause. Nine seconds to go. Second and ten. Tyrod Taylor back to pass. Uh oh. Moves up Uh-oh. in the pocket. He's gonna run it. No, you're gonna try run to get, out of, bounds. Better get out. out of bounds. He does. Oh my with... gosh. Two seconds. They held on that two seconds. Two seconds. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, okay, wow. here we go. Dayball's got comes down to one more play. What do you call here? If you're a Dayball on that offensive gosh, side. Gosh,
1: I would want to call I would want to call something to Darren, Darren Waller down the middle of the field Ooh. is what I would look at. High high, it's up to where he can go up and get it, kind of in the back of the end zone. That's what I would look for. So right now they're in an empty set. Oh,
0: yeah. Buffalo's going to call timeout again. Okay, here we go. Back to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Six catches, 163 yards. I told you this was going to be impossible. Oh, that's great. Uh, six catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown. And also, like – is it just every running back that is in this system right now? And I know Raheem Mozart is fast. And actually, when he's healthy, he does look like one of the best running backs in Kyle Shanahan's system and yeah. his system, too. But eight chans out. It's just like they they get people in space, and they seem to have everyone that can make a play.
1: That's right. You know, they've accumulated great talent. They've accumulated great speed. And Mozart's staying healthy. Like you said, Mozart's always been super talented. It's been health has been his whole issue. And, yeah, with the way they play, he fits it. It's an open... In an open field, a lot of the time, so it's like, hey, here's a gap, and as long as you'll stick your foot in the ground and go downhill at a million miles per hour, something good can happen. And Mozart's like, I can do that, and he does. And let's so uh, set it up again.
0: Two seconds, two down seconds. five, touchdown or bust for the Giants. Three receivers
1: to the top, two to the bottom. They're gonna go wall Back or down to pass. the middle.
0: Steps up in the pocket over the head. PI. But we have pass interference. Oh, my gosh. On Darren Waller, just like you said. Wow. So they'll be able to run one more play from the wow. one yard line. Josh Allen's shaking his head. He said, That's not PI.
1: It looked like it was a lot of contact. Pass interference. The way things have looked in the NFL as of late, with fourth downs late in the game, we've seen a lot of contact like that not called there. But to me, that was the right call. That is. I mean, again, you can't call the game one way for 58 minutes, and then the last two minutes go, well, we're not going to call it that way anymore.
0: Christian Bernard. He runs
1: a little like, acted like he was going to like try to run a post over the top of the linebacker. I mean, and Bernard he, held him the whole hold. time. Yeah, it's the definitely whole time, a hold. Right? And, yeah, he
0: never, never was let not, go of his jersey. He never was not touching him, no. yes.
1: That was a great play call. They knew they were going to get quarters and have the, the middle linebacker. They can run or pass, but they're going to they're pass it, play action.
0: Back to pass well, over the middle. Waller, Waller off no. of his fingertips, incomplete, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Bills hang on to win. Wow, at home, is that the play you want? It's not a bad. I don't mind that play. Jump I don't. ball back of the end zone. Yeah, you know, it
1: was a little like a little bit of a token play action, which they had to still respect the run there, right? They're on the one one yard line, and you know, Teron Johnson on the coverage. There was definitely some bumping and some holding again there. But, no, I have no problem with that play call. I don't think there's anything wrong with that there. One. Giants' valiant effort. Giants, well, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. No, talk about it right All now. All right, let's just we'll let's talk it about right it right now. now. Let's finish it right now. You know, one, great game plan. Saquon Barkley makes it different for the Giants' offense, Right. Okay, because you you do have to respect him in the run game. He's a one-play guy, and what I mean by that is he can take one play to the house. So teams have to go, well, they might run with that guy that can go one play to the house. we got to, like, protect that a little bit. It opens up the field a little bit. Tyrod Taylor played really well. Uh, The Bills – for whatever reason, seemed like they got caught in some man-to-man situations tonight. And that was holding on Teron Don- Johnson. They should have called P.I. again, honestly. All right, mm-hmm. I know I picked the Bills to win the game and all that, but that, that was holding. Uh, there was. They should have called it again. But, but, you know, Tyrod takes care of the ball. They caught the Bills in man-to-man a few times through the night. He made some nice plays in that. And then the other thing here, you know, which is – I don't know what to think of Buffalo like we're seeing it with Buffalo. We see some good games this year of a little balance, but here we are tonight back to a game of no it's it's got to be Josh Allen. you know they ran the ball a little bit with Cook yeah but 14 it was hard carries, to make plays. 71 yards. Yeah, yeah it was hard to make any big plays in their in their in their game here tonight. And I think a lot of that is what we've talked about with the Giants. Wink Martindale is an awesome defensive coordinator and the way he plays, you have to protect against the blitz. Because he always blitzes. But, like, tonight, he went, I'm going to show the blitz a lot and never really blitz, or not going to blitz a lot. And, you know, so therefore, you're calling plays. So, hey, we've got to block this and block this and block this. And it might be a little conservative with your routes downfield because you're thinking, well, they're going to blitz and we'll have some open area in the field to throw the ball. And then they all drop out and do something like that. And... You know, Josh Allen certainly never got in a rhythm, and you know, did not no. look like the Josh Allen superstar that we know.
0: Well, it's kind of good that we did this here too, because this kind of fits into the wide receiver difference makers section. Even though there wasn't a whole lot of action, I yeah. mean, Stephon Diggs was targeted 16 times in this game, and this is something that you have long said. And if you're a listener to this pod, it's just they need they need more weapons on the offensive side. He had 16 targets, 10 catches. Uh, the next closest in targets was Dawson Knox with six.
1: Yeah, he had three catches for 17 yards. Yeah. Right. We had Gabe Davis with four targets. He had three receptions for 21 yards. Yeah, that, that that's that's the problem. We just don't see enough of a consistency there. Uh, it, is, it is positive. They ran the ball. They ran the ball better in the second half than I realized, so I didn't mean to say that. Right. Uh, but still, struggles throughout the night. We saw an interception by by um, by uh, Josh Allen on the tip pass by Okariki, uh, who played awesome. He was all over the field for the Giants tonight. He was really good. Uh, but yeah, the Giants defense is a, a handful. We know that. It's the offense that we question. And actually, tonight was one of the better offensive performances of the year. Dave Ball had a little feel for what McDermott likes to do and had some answers
0: for it. And they executed about as good as they, they have all year, I think, the Giants. Rams a little beat up, obviously on the defensive side. Still, uh, will be maybe for most of the year, if not all the year, for some of those guys. We didn't guys, finish.
1: But... We did, did we finish Tyreek killing the Dolphins? Really, we got to finish. I don't that. know
0: what. Okay, what else? What else do we want to talk about in that one? Because it seems for the most, I mean, this is a game where well, we... you
1: talk about Mozart, the run yep. game special. Yeah,
0: Tyreek is special.
1: Yeah, yeah, we know that. I will say we got to talk about Bryce Young looked as good as he looked all year. It okay. wasn't easy in the second half, right? You know, again, there, he's a he's a guy that does not have a lot of weapons and help around him. But early on in the football game, like Bryce Young, looked the part. Where I, I know that Jason Garrett and I and Devin and the guys in the reeling room we were like, "Well, man, that was a good throw. Okay, and, ooh, that was you know slick right there." So I would say that that are you was are sure consistent. On a,
0: grading on a curve there, but it was legit impressive. It to, was. To you guys. It was legit
1: impressive. It really was. Yeah, you know, I've questioned Bryce Young and how he looks. And there's still moments in this game where I went, man, when the pocket collapses, it's a little scary for Bryce Young, right? I think we all do. Uh, but, you know, again, also, he doesn't have a ton of help around him. And the other thing I'll just say is it's hard to feel how good the Dolphins' defense is. Right. Mm-hmm. I know they're good. Um, Are they going to be a defense, though, that lets up a lot of yards and just relies on making plays? Or are they going to be a team here at some point that starts to really shut down teams and limits the yards? I don't know. I'm guessing it's going to be the other way around. Yeah, It's going to be like, hey, we get plays, we're going to get plays against us, but we're going to make plays on the defensive side of the ball and get the ball back to our offense. I kind of feel like it's that type of type of football. Yeah, game. it's almost
0: like the NFL version of the air raid in those, yeah, those teams. Yeah, little bit. That is the defense is very tough for them just because of the way the offense plays, although the time of possession was pretty even in this game between the Panthers uh, and the Dolphins. So, yeah, certainly, I mean, they got the big names. They got the studs on the defensive side, but – Uh, do give up some yards and were not great I don't think. They were pretty good on third down uh, in this one so stepped up and made some big plays. All right, let's move on now to another game that featured another wide receiver that we have seen do this before thankfully he's back in the NFL healthy again doing it again. Cooper Cup seven catches, 148 yards, a touchdown. Kyron Williams ran it for over 100, well over 100 for the Rams too that found a little spark in the running game, and they rolled over a Cardinals team that has given some other teams some issues this year, especially on the defensive side. 26-9, to the final score. The Rams slowly becoming one of the more impressive and surprising teams that we didn't expect a whole lot from when the season started. No, the, the, to me, one of
1: the surprises of the, the year. Uh, I know it, we, we talk about them a lot with Stafford. He's impressive today. was impressive with big plays. You know, it was ugly uh, early on in the football game. I mean, it was ugly. It was the Cardinals going on some long, ugly field goal drives, yeah. right? The Rams fumbled a punt return, kind of down in their own area. The Cardinals got a six-three lead on that. Um, you know, there was they had a nine-three lead at one point, right? Another ugly drive uh, b- before the half, and then to me, the, one of the big moments of the game here. You know, at the end of that, it's 9-3 Arizona, and before the half was over, right, the the Rams got the ball back with 43 seconds. They were definitely pushed back against their own goal line, and I don't know the exact time here. I know I'm in the ballpark. He hits – they leave Cooper Cup one-on-one down the right sideline with their rookie corner, who we've talked about, who does a good, good job, 13, Clark. They can't – Huge bomb. Sets up a field goal. They go into the half 9-6 with momentum, right? They were losing 9-3. to Now it's, oh, hey, hey, 9-6. Yeah, let's go. We didn't even play our best football. They come out in the second half, and you know what showed up? A run game. The Rams, all of a sudden, the second half, right from the get-go, Kyron Williams in the run game started gashing. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and then you sprinkle in a few big throws from Matthew Stafford here and there, and that was the football game, uh, along with some you know Dobbs
0: mistakes and in an in a inconsistent Arizona Cardinals offense during the second half. Yeah, Rams outscored the Cardinals twenty to nothing in the second half uh, under Sean McVay. Yeah. They are now twelve and two versus Arizona. That's pretty impressive. I saw Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline for uh, USC. At USC,
1: right? Yeah, I know. We were talking about him today. Yeah, he's one of the offensive coaches there. Yeah, I don't know. He
0: wasn't wearing a headset. Didn't seem like he was talking to Lincoln Riley I, I, yeah, that much. I, Quality some, control. Right.
1: Yeah. I, was somebody, it was a, I, I, I thought he was like some, like a, you know, not a offensive coach but a guy that advises what do they call that a, there's a word they have advisor a, an advisor <laughs> yeah consultant consultant that's yeah. what i was thinking offensive consultant yeah right so yeah he was doing a little bit of that i hear you uh, but yeah hey the rams the rams sitting at three and three i'm still not sitting here going they're going to go to the playoffs right mm-hmm. but they're going to be a pain in the butt with every team they play they're fast on defense they Raheem Morris, they're well, they're, you know, they're well coached. They're very creative, and they still have a front four that can f the pie up a little bit, yeah. right? So you couple that with a quarterback like Stafford, and the way they can kind of pick you apart in the passing game, you know, and they're tough. We know that it's got a battle-tested culture there. To where, yeah, I still don't look at it and go, oh man, the Rams shocked me. The Rams have shocked me that they're three and three. I had very low expectations. I'm still not ready to go, oh, they're going to the playoffs. But I feel like any team they play, we're going to sit there and go, damn, it's 14 to 10 late in the third quarter. The Rams are hanging around, right? Just like they did with the Eagles, just like they did the 49ers. It kind of seems like that they're going to beat the teams they should beat, and probably lose
0: closely to the teams that are better than them. This was a Cardinals team that's lost 12 of their last 13, dating back to last season, but has played better at times this year. They do, though, drop to one and five.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
0: Time now. Forgive me the headlines presented by Hyundai. We'll start with the Vikings and Bears. Well, NFC I know North. you don't
1: like the Bears, I All don't. Right? You don't like the Bears, right? Don't like
0: the Vikings all that much, but I like them more. Yeah, than the bears. I, I don't
1: I mean I'm with you. I like I like to st- kick up for Kirk, stick up for Kirk Cousins. I Me like too. when the Vikings don't do good though, because it makes my other work partner Mike <laughs> Florio angry and in a bad mood, and yeah. he gets pissy. Yeah. So I do like like watching them struggle because I like watching him squirm a little <laughs> bit. But my headline for the Vikings defeating the Bears. 19 to 13 is U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. That was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. It football was ugly. Game. All right. It really was. I think from any, you know, standpoint, team view, whatever you want to talk about there, uh, not a lot of consistent good offensive play by either football team. You know, quarterback play, just okay. Yeah. Uh, There wasn't a lot there today to look at and go, oh, that was a fun game. Kirk Cousins was efficient for the most part, but no big plays. They missed Justin Jefferson, as we thought. You know, Fields showed some signs of magic, but they never really got going, and then he got hurt, and that threw things off off kilter. The Vikings' defense is better than years past. It's better than it was last year. It's just – you know they're not finding a way to win some of these close games that we saw, but they they found a way today.
0: So you mentioned it. Justin Fields went out. He was sacked, then hurt his thumb, I believe is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and so then Tyson Bajant came in, Division Two Shepherd Shepherd to the NFL. Right. You don't see that very often. No. Very you don't. rare. Yeah. You he had a great preseason. Like we talked about him a little bit. He looked then.
1: pretty good. Yes. He did. He played really well. Um, in this game, not so much. No. But. Got got you know put into a tough spot. Right. He got. Got strip sacked if I remember right. He got strip sacked one time. All right, that was big. And then oh, does the thing you see all young quarterbacks do: throws an interception late in the game. Thinks he's got more room and space in the pocket than he does because he hasn't played and he certainly isn't used to the NFL starter like pace. Right? Like it's cool when you play against the third stringers in the preseason and you're like, "Whoa, the pocket's collapsing. I can still get it off." You know, and the regular season, week six, when you go, oh, the pocket's collapsing. (laughs) You you know, you don't get it off. You don't. They're there already. Okay? So, and that's what you kind of saw on the late interception that I believe that was uh, Byron Murphy that got. thought he had more time. Ends up the guy gets right in his way as he's throwing the ball. Ball's underthrown, intercepted that way. But, yeah, ugly football game throughout. I mean, it was ugly field goal drive by the Vikings. You know, ugly field goal drive by the Bears. We had Kirk Cousins' lateral fumble, and you went, oh, okay, the Bears got the ball in a short field. Here they go. They're going to get the momentum, and then Justin Fields throws a really bad interception right off of that. Yes. Uh, Then the Vikings go down and get a TD, 12-6. Uh, and then we had the strip sack fumble of Bayesian, where Hicks did a really good job picking it up down the sideline, scoring a touchdown, and that was kind of all she wrote at 19-6. to That sealed it. The Bears aren't good enough, especially with Bayesian as their quarterback, to come back from a 13-point deficit. So
0: Vikings get their second win of the season, this one, without Justin Jefferson, who's on IR, going to be out for a while, so don't know where either of these teams are going. Yes, Vikings do improve, though, to 2-4. and four. Our other game that we need a headline for, Raiders defeat the Patriots – 2117. It's the third week in a row that we've had the Patriots in Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Well,
1: you didn't know Quentin Tarantino came out with a new movie? I didn't hear that. You didn't know that? No. It's out. It's live right now. It's a big viewing, a big talking point. It's called Kill Bill Volume 3. I mean, okay? <laughs> I mean, holy balls! all right? We're going back to the well. Back to the well here, but I don't know what else to say, right? I mean, the, 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 the Patriots and the way they play, I mean... It's just—it's astonishing, right now, what we're seeing from the Patriots. It's sloppy. Uh, the offense is pitiful. Okay, uh, the defense is—is is good. But not good enough to where it's like, oh, don't worry, we'll hold down the fort and cause turnovers and get touchdowns and yeah. don't worry, bad offense, we'll hold it down for you that way. And Judon they're, was out, right? Judon too. is out, right? They're they're not that good, you know. They're solid and sound, but you know, like you see in this football game, it was just a lot of slow death in the game, a lot of slow, ugly, uh, for you know, run for four. Here's a completion for six or eight. And the Raiders kind of did that throughout the day and got a lot of ugly
0: field goal drives off of that.
1: Yeah, Raiders improved to
0: 3-3 three and three in this one. Um, Josh McDaniels, 3-0 as a head coach versus Bill Belichick, 2-0 and with Las Vegas. They had that last one. Uh, last, that year last year was year even worse, weird right? Weird lateral. That should have killed and Bill, and like, like officially. <laughs> Maybe it did. Emotionally, he's been dead <laughs> since that game. Uh, Johnny Isaac, 55, tweeted to you saying, Damn okay, Jimmy G is hurt again. He's in the hospital. That was a report that they took him to the hospital. So, first of all, he says, I pray for him and his family for sure. Um, Second of all, how did Josh McDaniels not expect this and have a better plan at quarterback? I I think that's fair,
1: you know, right? I mean, I I think that our listener here in in, uh, John Isaac, 55, he knows he's, you know, there's an injury history here. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, right, they're saying back. I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, So I, I don't think we have to, like, it, is it back spasms? Does he have a bone chip or a herniated disc, whatever? Those are the things you think of when it's back injury related. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a, it's a fair question. You know, Hoyer. In and, and my heart of hearts, right, I think that they signed Jimmy Garoppolo thinking that they were going to be in a spot to get one of the quarterbacks they wanted still in the top 10 and I think through the evaluation process and then wait Stroud did end up going number two and all that that they were kind of stuck in a spot of like I don't know who we're going to take here the top three are off the board and they obviously didn't feel comfortable with Will Levis right so so I, I, I that to me, and I don't know that. I'm just saying that would to me is what I felt at the time yeah. and remember thinking. Um, but yeah, now they're stuck with Hoyer, and of course they got
0: Aiden O'Connell behind him. Yeah, Hoyer the one that came into this game, but we'll see. Aiden O'Connell got the start uh, before when Jimmy G couldn't go. So yeah, I mean, you know, Mac throws a bad interception when they're
1: driving. I mean, bad. Like you're like, what? How could a Patriots quarterback do that? Right. I mean, he throws a ball to Hunter Henry. Where he's open down the middle of the field. He scrambles to the right and throws the ball five feet behind him to where, like, Hunter Henry almost tore his knee trying to stop and, and get the ball. Then we got the safety at the end of the football game where they're backed up. It's 19 17. They're in a tough spot. But, I mean, like, Mac Jones doesn't have two seconds to throw the football. Uh, Max Crosby goes around the edge to where Mac Jones can't even go like let me look at one and then I'll peek and maybe throw it away because I know I'm in the end zone he literally is like let me look at one boom I'm down on the ground sack game over and that's all she wrote and I just don't see light at the end of the tunnel for the Patriots I don't I don't see any bright spot on the offensive side of the ball Mm. I see nothing to look at and go it's close, or they're going to do this. The run game's close. There's nothing. Defensively, it'll continue to be solid and sound, but I don't know if they have enough playmakers anymore with all the guys that got hurt in the secondary and Judon out, like you talked about. The Raiders are not special, right? I'm certainly not here going Raiders like a little bit like the Rams. I think the Raiders are like three and three, it's good. They're going to be some teams they should be. They're going to be a pain in the butt to teams that are better than them. But I don't look at them
0: and go, oh, they're getting ready for a playoff run here. I I don't think that by any stretch of the imagination. As if Patriots fans were not depressed enough, here are some more depressing stats. Worst start, 1-5 since 1995 under Bill Parcells. Five straight games with 17 points or fewer for the first time under Bill Belichick. And that third quarter touchdown was their first in 40 drives. We need to move on right now. That mean, was, that is, that's so bad. This is bad. Yes, That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. A couple more games here to go. It's so much oh, work no. for the Patriots on offense. Patriots fans just want you to stop okay, talking fine. about it's, it right it's, now. It's, it's just like so even,
1: much work. I mean, even, even like, you know, you talked about the third quarter drive, the fourth quarter drive, 17 plays, 75 yards. I mean, geez, it's like watching molasses grow. <laughs> Is it, does it do that? I don't think it does. Uh, mold. Mold. Mold, Maybe mold. grows. Moss mold. grows. Yeah, right. Have you used that mold. one before?
0: I don't think I have. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last call, Texans defeat the Saints 20-13, to the final score in this one. Uh, the Saints got down there in the red zone a bunch of times, failed to score a TD in uh, three trips to the red zone. Alvin Kamara was bottled up short. Uh, in the fourth with the Texans up a touchdown here. C.J. Stroud, again, continues probably to impress you. I would assume I haven't talked to you about that Uh, yet. They get their third win of the season due to the Texans. They had three wins all of last season. They have matched last year's win total already. Yeah, they know who they are. I think that's the cool thing about the the
1: Texans. And then not only do they know who they are, their defense is fast, aggressive, it's well-coached, okay? And... Like we've seen the 49ers under D'Amico Ryans before, they're stingy in the red zone. So you can drive down, but it's hard to go down and score touchdowns with the way they play. And then you know, off of that, the Texans are like, you know, they make use of their yards. Unlike the Saints that we're about to talk about, who have a lot of empty yards. Where I want to go, Oh great, they moved the ball between the thirties or you know, they made a big pass play to get to the fifty and then they stalled out and they punt the ball away. They're kinda of like the kings of that right now. The the Saints are. The 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 Texans are kind of the opposite. They might go, oh, we don't look good, we don't look good, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, they ripped off a run for twenty. Whoa, CJ Stroud just threw a ball down the middle for twenty-five. They're in field goal position. Are they going to score a touchdown here? Are they got to get a field goal. So I don't. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like their yards and plays get used in a better way, maybe than the Saints. The Saints are still disappointing to me on the offensive side of the ball. It's just, it, you know, it, fifty times. We're going to drop back 50 times? Really? There was no big plays in the pass game until late in the game. All right? There was yeah a big pass to Olavi. I think a big pass to Rashid Shahid. Yeah, Rashid you Shahid, uh, play he's a playmaker throughout this game. Right, he's a playmaker throughout. That was the one big play in the first half. He threw the post route down the middle of the Shahid car. It was a great throw. He was big. He went up and got it. Yeah, he's a playmaker. He really is. He scares defenses.
0: They did uh, miss a couple field goals, did the Saints. That hurt oh, as yes well. Oh, yes, Blake Groupie missed from 52 and 29. 29, that's what I mean. Line. It was a weird day with field goals. It definitely was. Uh, the shine is off, you guys, CJ, though. He threw his first career interception. He did go 191 pass attempts without an interception to start his NFL career. That is now the longest streak in NFL history. Yeah, It's it, over, though. Well, the good thing
1: is there was two turnovers on the same play. He threw an interception, That's right. and yes. they fumbled it, and the Texans recovered it. Right. So that was pretty amazing, right? Uh, it actually did, ended up not hurting the Texans and, and C.J. Stroud uh, the way it traditionally would. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was his first interception, and I'm still really impressed with him. That's a good defense he played against today. I mean, they're good up front. They're one of the best at pressuring the quarterback in football. They're pretty creative with what they do on the back end there. All right, but I, th- I think the big thing is that you know the Texans can score touchdowns. They can play D, keep you out of the end zone, um, and just got a good little formula going on the offensive side of the ball. There's great balance between their run game. We talked about it a lot. The play action pass game, and they can
0: certainly rely on Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud in the drop back pass game too. All right, one more game to talk about. It was a Commanders victory over the Falcons. 24-16 was the final score in this one. Uh this was a this was a strange one because as I was watching it, I was like I think the Falcons offense is like performing considerably better than the Commanders offense, but the Commanders had the had the lead um and looking at the numbers that is the case. Falcons had 25 first downs, the Commanders just had 13 uh first downs. Uh what did Ritter throw for? In this game, it's over 300, 300 yards, yards. Right. Uh, but it was not a great 300 yards. It had three interceptions thrown in there, too. He did have two touchdown passes. Um, I feel like this is becoming a weekly thing. It's like the stock market Desmond Ritter, up or down. Very volatile stock here, too. Uh, will we see him next week, two weeks, three weeks down the road? That seems to be a weekly conversation. Well, yeah,
1: now. Arthur Smith at least pulled half of his mustache out of his face today. Watching, see, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Desmond Ritter. There play. Were some
0: like not just like they were like gut wrenching interceptions in the end zone, just like bad. Just like what were you thinking? Didn't look type. good. Didn't they look looked good.
1: unorganized at the line of scrimmage? Some of that might be Arthur Smith's fault sure. too. I don't know, but it didn't look good, like you said, and. Like we've talked about in other in weeks past, there's some throws and decisions where you just go, wait, you you should you played to that's like a beginner mistake or you just don't do that there, right? And I think that's what's got to be a little concerning by them. But like how you started off this conversation, yeah. definitely is how I felt watching the football game. It felt like the Falcons were the better team on the field. It felt like the Falcons kind of just kept making mistakes and moments and. To Washington's credit,
0: you know, they they made it happen. Here's the total offense. 402 yards for the Falcons, 193 for the Commanders. I I mean, (laughs) it's Washington,
1: ugly field goal drive, okay? Then it was... Uh, Atlanta answers back, goes and gets a touchdown, throws a great pass to Pitts in the back of the end zone where you're going, man, Ritter looks good. Ritter was letting it go, throwing the ball with authority like we talked about in last Wednesday's podcast. Stock peaking. Yeah, stock was peaking. And then they're going to get the ball back. They fumble the punt return, the Atlanta Falcons. They give the ball short field to to the Washington Commanders who then score a touchdown. Okay. Then what's that followed up by? It's followed up by Atlanta going for it on fourth and two at midfield and not getting it, giving Washington the short field. And all of a sudden, the game where you're going, again, they were kind of controlling. Now they fumbled the punt and gave them a short field, and they're losing 17 to seven, right? And then you couple that with the second half mistakes of Desmond Ritter and some of the interceptions there, and that's how you lose a game where the stat line is what you're saying, where they out they out yardage gained them by two to one, and converted double the third downs and had almost double the first downs in the football game and had 13 more minutes in in possession time and yeah they ended up losing by eight points and and that was because of the mistakes and the things you talked about in the red zone and the failures of the the Falcons of Desmond Ritter.
0: Commanders snapped that three-game losing streak they're now three and three and Sam Howell does have his first career three-touchdown game, even though he only threw for 151 yards, did find the end zone three times. Yeah, that's
1: right. Made it count. When they got down in there, they knocked it in. It it wasn't anything special to look at from them on, on that side of the ball. And this is where it's frustrating for Atlanta, right? It's a little frustrating for Washington. Washington should be better, too. Don't get me wrong here, right? But Atlanta, I just look at it and go, wait, we got a top 10 running offense. We got a top 10 defense in football, and what's the thing we can't do? we got a good field goal kicker. We, we can't rely on our passing game or our quarterback at all other than one game, which was last week, right? Every other game we've kind of come in here and gone, oh, man, it's tough. All right, Ritter's getting it. They believe in him. He'll get it. He'll get it. But we've only had one game really come away and go, oh, he got it that game. Um, so, yeah,
0: I, I think that's going to be another big conversation for them down in Atlanta this week. All right, very briefly, let's talk about what happened on Thursday. Chiefs get a win. It didn't look pretty. They haven't had a whole lot of games that look super pretty no. this year. No. 19-8 over the Broncos, though. What'd Defense, make run game, lack
1: of, you know, motivation by the Chiefs, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're the ultimate. I kind of think I said this on the Thursday show last week. They'll get bored. They'll let the Broncos hang around. That's that's kind of what they do, you know, but I think the real thing is, is like, you know, it's disappointing that they even let them hang around or be in the football game and they should have that game should have been over way earlier. So we all could have gone to sleep. (laughs) Right. But, you know, like the, the Broncos, I mean, Sean Payton, a year out of football, I mean, just I don't know. The offense looks like it's going in the wrong direction as compared to where it was early in the year. I mean, I'm dead serious. Other than the Bears game and the second half, man, the last eight quarters of football are not good on the, the Broncos offense. And they weren't that great before that Bears game. You know, I mean, Sean Payton calling a timeout before the half. It's like he's lost his mojo with his year out of football. I don't even know what to say, but
0: it almost seems like his offense is like stuck in. In a different era. In a it's, different era. This one bit. year that he was out. I, so I know. Probably I not know. that way, but no.
1: But he had a robot wired to perfection. And a guy like Drew Brees, the offense was set up, he had a culture in the coaches where, hey, everybody believes in Sean and all that, and now he's having to restart that. He's hit some bumps in the road and you got some coaches and guys in the locker room going, Damn, is this guy really as good as everybody thinks he is? Uh, right? I think there's a little of that going on there right now. Mm-hmm. Let alone Damn, our coaches said way dumber things to the media this year than we have. That's not even close. We're actually we need to teach him in the team meeting what to say to the media, right? So yeah, it's added to a list look of dysfunction there with Denver. Uh, their defense should be happy as, as shitty as their defense has been all year. The fact that they, you know, hung in there and only 19 points to the Chiefs, and again with the Chiefs, D's great, running the ball is great. But what have we been saying, right? Offense is hard for the Chiefs. Yeah, big plays are hard for the Chiefs. It really is. And uh, they got to figure out something to to remedy that, and and because it's just going to be too hard for them to get back to the Super Bowl with the way they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, Kelsey had a forty yard reception. Rice a twenty eight. So Rice had those... the little yeah slant over the middle. He had two over the middle catches that were big plays. Other that's than a, that, that's about it. It was about it for the football game. Um, yeah, but uh, the good news for Russ is he almost did throw for a hundred yards in this game. So ninety five. So very close <laughs> to getting hundred. Ninety five and like what
1: the interception. Um, One was like a slant route, right, where the guy got his hand in there and popped it in the air. Another one was a everybody. bad one. I can't, can't even remember exactly how it does. It's a few days from now. But, it, you know, either way, not pretty on the offensive side of the ball by
0: the Broncos. One more game to go. Monday Night Football. Cowboys at the Chargers in SoFi. Those Cowboys fans will be making a lot of noise. Oh, my gosh. They're going to dominate that home stadium. field advantage. Yes. Which, you know what? People make fun of that, and they make fun of the L.A. teams for that. Maybe they should. I don't know. Whatever. But I kind of like it. It's like high school football again. Right? That's what you got in high school football. You got it's not bad. Half. It makes got, it makes. It's the a other TV ha- viewing experience yeah. kind of
2: fun. You got cheers it for does. everything, no
0: doubt. No, no, I I, I like don't it. disagree with you there. Uh, you predicted that the Cowboys would win by three, twenty three twenty. I think this is a scary game for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. right?
1: Like if there there was games I looked at to where I was like, ah, man, w- w-, you know, there's always every week
0: you look at a few games where you go,
1: this could be the upset. No, this one can, can jump out to you. I don't if, think
0: they're angry from what happened, the embarrassment from last week. They will they're... be angry, and it's,
1: pro- it's why I'm picking them to win the game. Okay. okay? But it, like uh, here's some things that, that I look at. I go, all right, one, the chargers haven't been good at stopping the pass, right? Well, this is a simple passing game to stop. you know Now the run defense of the chargers has not been horrible. So that's going to be the, me, the, one of the keys to the game. Can the Cowboys run the ball to open up some things in the pass game? And on the flip side, the Chargers can really protect the passer. They know how to pick up blitzes. that If it's a four-man rush, they're really good that way. And we know that Dallas will play some aggressive defenses and do some things to get after the quarterback to where Justin Herbert will stand there and go, okay, so what, people are around me. So there's one of my receivers way down yonder, open for a 45-yard gain. Let me just stand there and throw it down. So that's where I look at it being a little scary, let alone that the Chargers can run the ball a little this year. You know That's different about them. And we know that Dallas has got a little issue in that department. So I'm going to pick Dallas because, yeah, I think they're the more talented football team. And a little bit like you said, the motivating
0: factor from last week, the right. way it went down, all of that. But I think this will be a scary football game for them. One last stat from Pete here to sum up the day, speak to the big day the defenses had. Nine of the 12 games today went under their over-under total. And one that went over is the 49ers Browns, who scored 36 points. The over-under there was 35.5. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so, yeah, a day for defenses, some bad weather, some rain, some cooler temperatures hitting. The Northeast. Yeah, you know. I think there's a little bit of that Midwest. as well. right? You know, Defenses are – there's some
1: good ones out there. And I think they're, you know, for the most part, they, week six, they start to learn, oh, wait, this team does this, this team does that. We've accumulated some things. And now, you know, offenses will start to adjust off of that. But, yeah, interesting yeah. week six in the NFL. The NFL is always awesome. It always throws us curveballs. We never know what to expect. I mean, come on. Who would have thought the Jets beat the Eagles and the Browns without Deshaun Watson beat the 49ers, or the Giants would be on the one yard line without Daniel Jones with a chance to win the game at the end against the Buffalo Bills? They were on the one. It was a bad
0: no call. It should have been a should have been another PI, but you can't call it two plays in a row. That's just too much. Well, that's That's the other problem too. That's That's another thing they gotta fix that. But the Giants were on the one yard line at the end of both halves, and come away with zero, zero points. Zero points. Thank you for that. You're having fun basking in that? right? I just you. don't blame it all on the refs. Okay. Of the, the second <laughs> yeah. one was no, the refs, you're right. But yeah. yeah, yeah. The first
1: one is on them for yeah. sure. All right, you know where to find us, everybody. Sorry Subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review. Yeah, no, you just crapped on my Meek's team. Go to bed. <laughs> you're feeling good. You're a lion. See, we already know. See, here we go. I'm gonna so be you're going to be spoiled. You're going to be just telling everybody how to play football now that your team's yeah. good, huh? That's where we're going with Ahmed Farid. <laughs> but you know where to find us. Subscribe, rate, and review. I hope you enjoy this podcast as you wake up on a Monday morning. Have a good day at work. Have a good few days of work. You know where to find us Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Ahmed, thanks as always for driving the ship. Peace out, homies. Enjoy Monday. Monday Night Football: Cowboys Chargers. Clap Clap it up. up.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.